Welcome to Yingcast, our podcast for current and future leaders wanting to develop themselves further. Every month, the Alembic team discuss and share their thoughts on issues and topics that are common in the workplace. Where does culture start? Is it with the leaders, the people or things? So today on the podcast, we have Ben. Hello. David. Hi. And I'm Alice. Just starting off, where, where does culture start? I would say it starts with people because without people there is no culture to be had it's like like think of it like your local pub if you go in there when it's quiet and empty there's not really much of a culture amongst the pub goers because there are no pub goers to have a culture amongst whereas if you go you know on a friday night everyone's there having a good time there's things going on that make culture that give it the atmosphere of your local, which it just doesn't have if you're ever there by yourself. It's quite interesting that you draw a comparison between pubs, pub culture and work culture. They're, I guess they're the same thing, aren't they? Really, they have the same attributes. In the same way that a workplace will have a number of parts to it, you know, the building, the desks, the facilities, the space, the light, <clears throat> the position of the building in the environment. They're all things that attract people to it. And then the people come and then they perform a function. Mm-hmm. Not quite. That's the difference between the pub, I guess, <laughs> and the workplace. But it's the same thing. You put a pool table in, you put a dartboard, you put a selection of beers and drinks in the pub. And people are attracted to that and then they come and then it attracts people with a the same sort of rhythm that the workplace does so they come at certain times maybe that it's different during the daytime in the evening so you've got a different atmosphere and so the pub provides different benefits to those attending depending on when they go and with the people that come along and attend they bring their own characteristics to that space, hmm. exactly like the work. And so that in itself is an attraction for other people to come along and do the same thing. Yeah, I guess it's interesting as well, isn't it? The reason that we're, one of the reasons that we're talking about culture today on this podcast is because we've all said that at the moment there's a real trend um, in office spaces of making it really quirky and fun and like you said David like pool table and um, bean bags um like a pub like a pub yeah um but actually thinking about yes that might attract certain people with a certain mindset potentially but um does that actually create the culture um and I think that there's a danger there potentially um of companies creating these amazing workspaces, um, but actually they might have cultural issues or politics going on behind the scenes. So it's it's sort of almost like, um, it's great to look after your people, but doesn't necessarily mean that the culture is. I guess actually in the same way, and I've never 
discovered the similarities before. In the same way, a leader or founder would start a business and set out to achieve their aims with a vision, objectives of accomplishing something. A landlord is going to set up a pub with the, a similar set of objectives by creating a space for people to come to. And it might be that he starts that space with hiring staff and a, and a vision for what he wants that, that particular area to, to be. So he might think, oh, it's going to be this type of um, facility that I'm going to create. And the leader would do of a business, or the founder of a business would say, well, actually I want it to be, a, you know, a certain characteristics, I want this to be a productive, happy place to work where people feel contented, they want to get a sense of belonging, they're joined together in their purpose, we're going to do the right things, the right things both ethically, environmentally, uh, in a sustainable fashion. And in doing that, um, you create a magnetism for people to come towards the business and want to be part of that particular organisation. It's just the same with the pub although you're not working in there. Yeah. So what are the components of a good culture? I would say you want to begin with a general willingness to at least try to understand the other people that you work with, because without that, you know, you, you may not reach any disagreements at any point, but if you ever do, that is the best way to help to clear those disagreements and move forwards in a positive way rather than bearing grudges and you know letting resentment build which will if if, if two people in an office have a bad vibe between them a lot of the time other people can feel that they can tell oh, those two don't like each other there'll be no office banter today because they'll both be miserable because the other is here and if you can be willing to understand and come to an agreement and move on with these people, then you'll have a better culture for everyone. Yeah, I think I think that's right. I think components of culture are a, a blend of people and parts. I think it's uh, it probably all starts with a purpose. People are looking to accomplish something by being there. And that begins with beliefs in whatever it is that you're doing there. So you may have a belief that um, I want to do this particular um, thing in the world, whatever that may be. And um, you then join together with other people who share in the same beliefs. And you're joined together in that initially and then the purpose that you come together. And I guess that is ultimately held by the leadership. So the leaders define the purpose and then employ people based upon the way in which they can work in a harmonious fashion. So if they've, if they've got, uh, if there's polarity in their beliefs, you're going to have, you know, cogs that don't turn. It's yeah. going to get tricky. I think it's also important though to get the right balance isn't it because you want people with different experiences and different opinions mm. um so that's not just a bunch of yes men and women but them sort of having some sort of alignment so i guess that kind of links to um 
we watched a TED talk by um, Simon Sinek and it's called Start With Why. And if you haven't seen it, I would recommend that you do. There's a long version and a shortened version depending on much, how much time you have. Um, but he sort of talks about um, culture and purpose um, on three levels. So there's the what, so what you do and um, everyone in the company and customers know what you do. So maybe that's products or services. Then you have your how, um, which is slightly further towards the middle of the circle. Um, and that's how you do it. And again, that's quite often quite clear between employees and um, clients. But then the real sweet spot of that, so I guess um, Nick would probably say the jam in the donut, um, is the why. And this might not really be spoken necessarily or communicated, but it's something that sort of unites us all. Um, your why, so why are you here? Why do you do this? Why do you show up for work? Like you were saying, David, why do you show up to work in the morning? What's mm. your purpose? Mm. I mean, we all need something to get us out of the bed and fire us up in the morning, don't we? Otherwise, you know, that's when you've got this sort of slightly slow demotivated team I mean I know I've worked uh, in places before where you can easily spot the folks that don't have the same purpose as you and um, maybe that's because somewhere along the way they've become demotivated because the direction of the business has changed and they're suddenly out of sync with the rest of their colleagues mm. and failing to see why they actually should be there. And I guess it's um, it's the job of the leader to either repurpose them or um, help them help them find a new route mm. yeah. somewhere, you know, maybe where they do belong. I suppose it is about that sense of belonging. But if you feel that there's someone else in your team who and they feel like they don't belong do you feel that like that has any impact on everyone else it can do it depends on your own resilience i guess if you're capable of getting your head down and pushing forward regardless of what's happening around you then you can probably sustain that for a certain amount of time but if, if these things are infectious uh if you've got one or more team members who are lacking in purpose or don't share the same beliefs then all of a sudden your culture becomes compromised they won't feel the same sense of belonging and organically feel like they need to move on to another culture which is better suited to them um, and that's just progression of business yeah. um, it's a bit like if a pub suddenly changed all its beer I guess you'd probably mm. find you're attracting a different type of person or they change Saturday night if they remodel it and put the prices up 20% exactly. like yeah. one of my locals there you, go. there you go I guess that also sort of links back your earlier point to um, the team psychology so forming storming norming and performing in order to become a high-performing team you need everybody on board to work through each of those stages and so if you've got people that are not committed um, and are not wanting to be part of the team, how can you possibly become a high performing team if everybody's not on board and willing to work on the relationships within that mm. team? Mm. That's the skill of good line managers to recognise that uh, as early as possible and pick it up before it becomes either 
conflicting to the purpose of the overall vision or um or even toxic amongst the people that that particular individual is around because it can um, it can be damaging so i think in summary culture begins with the leader who reaches out to the people and their beliefs who share a vision and a purpose and it's that purpose that is the magnet that attracts other people who can build on the culture and turn it into something which is either incredibly positive so you get an attractive and in uh, appealing place to work where you do good things and that culture in itself can then be built on and um, developed even further or um, potentially could go the other way which could be um, negative and um, we've all seen negative culture at work uh, and it's um, it's not conducive to a good working environment so something to be conscious of so we've got some really exciting events coming up. Yep, we've got uh, the Strategy Cafe coming up next month with Richard Burge, who is the new Chief Exec of the London Chamber of Commerce and Industry. He'll be talking to Nick about the shape of the economic landscape in post-Brexit Britain, what that means to business in and out of the city. So that should be really good. Tune in for that. Uh, visit our um, Get Involved page on the website for more details. You can sign up. That's free. Uh, we also have the London Leader Forum. Uh, that's later this month, um, taking place at Blackfriars, where we've got Suzanne Kingston, who's an absolutely amazing mediation lawyer. Um, and she'll be giving some really handy tips to those coming along. Uh, about how they can uh, mediate, which is not just useful for um, legal and divorce scenarios. It's actually a very, very handy skill if you are in charge of a team and sometimes there's a conflict that occurs there where things need straightening out amongst uh, your leadership. So um, that would be really good. Um, and of course, Nick will be doing his thing there, which is always good to go. Uh, be a little workshop and then some networking and drinks afterwards. So do sign up for that again on the get involved page on the website um, or you can just get in touch with one of us thank you for listening to this episode of yincast we hope you enjoyed it to get the heads up on future podcasts you can sign up to our mailing list through our website alembicstrategy.com in the get involved section if you enjoyed this and you might also be interested in our other events you can sign up to our newsletter for updates on our latest events and articles. Also, look out for Strategy Cafe, our regular leadership webinar, where Nick, our MD, interviews prominent leaders.